Take off the blazer, loosen up the tie, step inside the booth. Mr. Monday's alive. You're listening to the Urban Business Roundtable. I'm your host, Curtis R. Monday. Call me live in the studio at 773-591-1690. That's 773-591-1690. So glad to be here with you another day. We have a great show lined up for you today. Uh, coming up at about 9.35 will be business coach and entrepreneur uh, Dr. Tracy Timberlake will talk to us about anxiety and entrepreneurs, helping entrepreneurs maintain their mental health and combat mental illness. And we'll get into a lot of that discussion at 9.20. Uh, we have the founder and creative director of The Silver Room, Mr. Eric Williams. He'll stop by, talk to us about his entrepreneurial journey and what he's been able to create in Chicago and respect his his small business and that great gathering called the Silver the Silver Room Block Club Party. So stay tuned. And I want to hear from you. Five nine one sixteen ninety. Let's talk about it. The show is called the Urban Business Roundtable. It's a show dedicated to the creation and growth of the urban entrepreneur and the small business owner. Got three primary goals here on the Urban Business Roundtable. One, we want to redefine the word urban. To help the urban community leverage their purchasing power. And if there's ever been a week where the urban community has been rocked or challenged, it has been this week, and I'll get into that a little bit more in a sec. Um, two, we want to be a resource for the creation, sustaining, and growth of small businesses and entrepreneurship. Uh, and three, to provide small business owners and entrepreneurs access to capital and opportunities to grow their businesses. You can listen to the Urban Business Roundtable live every Saturday here on WVON from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Uh, and also you can catch the condensed recap version every Wednesday at 8.30 a.m. and Thursdays at 6.05 p.m. You can follow me on all social media outlets uh, on Instagram at Monday at Facebook is Curtis R. Monday. Be sure to subscribe to the Curtis R. Monday YouTube channel. Uh, and also subscribe to the Curtis R. Monday podcast on Apple iTunes. Your subscription tells me that you are supporting what I'm doing. Your subscription tells me that you're paying attention. Your, your subscription tells me to keep going and keep going in the right direction. Otherwise, I'm just kind of blindly shooting in the dark. So I need the, that feedback from you. Uh, also, call me at 708-647-1005 to uh, schedule your free insurance and financial review of the Curtis R. Monday Insurance Agency. Visit www.curtisrmondayinsurance.com. Uh, so many people, I mean, the, it's funny, you know, um, before I get to that thought, thank you, God. Got to say thank you again and, and get thanks for thanks is due. Appreciate you for keeping me and my family healthy and safe for another day. And I thank you. I had this opportunity to uh, get on the mic and share the gift that you've given me uh, with the people who listen to what I have to say. I was going to say before that, that um, it's funny that I'm busier now more that we're in the pandemic than I was before. Uh, it's it's, it's a, just a, a really, really strange phenomena that, um, that we're this busy. Um, and, <clears throat> It's cool in a sense that it's, it's created me to it's caused me to be more focused in uh, on the details and get back to the basics. When you're forced to kind of just be still and kind of just stay in place, you are forced to deal with you and you have to really look at the 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 the, the, the minor details of your operation. And so from a business perspective, it's it helped. It's helped me kind of hone in 
um, some of the inefficiencies uh, that exist within my business model. It's also caused a lot of cre- a lot of frustration and, um, and, and, and anxiety and, and being pissed off a lot about different things. But nevertheless, you know, it could be a lot worse. And so I definitely appreciate it. What this uh, pandemic has really done also to entrepreneurs is help you elevate your game. It's helped you not only figure out what you've been doing wrong, but it's also forced you to create and do different models and, and stretch yourself. You know, I've heard it said that uh, good is the enemy of great. And this challenge in the face, uh, this challenge, which we see as, as COVID-19 for entrepreneurs, it calls us to answer the, 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 the call of greatness to be better than what we've been in the past. And so uh, it's really forced me to look at different things, as I said, and efficiencies, but also to work on some things that that I've been trying to do for a long time. So I'm pleased to announce that I I just finished my, my first book, uh, hopefully, it, uh, you know, it's been a, it's really, it really has been a labor of love. And I, I want to make sure that I introduce it right to the listening audience, to the public. So hopefully we look to see that, that, that they have it out, you know, in, in uh, mainstream in, in July. But yeah, I wrote, finished my first book. It's called The Game, uh, How to Become a Successful Real Estate Investor. And so I'm excited about it. Um, but it's a lot more, you know, it's a lot more than just real estate investing. It, it really symbolizes um, the thing that we need to do better in terms of learning how to play uh, the, the game um, that that exists uh, in our world today. And so we'll, we'll talk a lot of, about that in the upcoming weeks. You know, I'll be remiss if I didn't have some kind of comment on, on kind of what's going on in um, the city of Minneapolis and law enforcement and African-American males and things like that. Uh, you know, I, I know it's probably been talked about a lot throughout the week. I just wanted to give my two cents on it. Um, I had a conversation with a colleague, a uh, white friend of mine, and he asked me, well, what did I think about what was going on in, in this country? And how, he asked me, how was I feeling? You know, very honest question, but a loaded question nonetheless, uh, a very nuanced, uh, a very multifaceted uh, question to, to be addressed. Um, I can't articulate to you the level of anxiety and the level of fear that an African-American male faces uh, or feels today uh, in in America. Uh, This is not, you know, just me uh, using shock, trying to get shock value or, um, you know, just, you know, being spectacular with my words. It's true. You feel a a constant level of anxiety and fear. Uh, On one end, a lot of us, take me, for example, I grew up on the south side of Chicago, and so I grew up in an urban environment, and so I'm very close and aware and intimately uh, comfortable with, to some degree, with the the challenges and dangers that come with living in the urban environment. Um, I'm I'm intimately aware of what's it like growing up in the inner city, and so, you know, now that I have a a son and, and a growing family, you know, you think about moving, you think about going to another area because the senseless violence that plagues our community, um, the fear of your kid out there playing basketball, going for a walk, or even if you have achieved some level of success uh, growing up in, in the urban community, you worried about being targeted for robbery or theft or some some things of that nature. So you think about moving, right? You think about moving to, you know, a lot of times white suburbia because the school systems are, are better, it's less crime, it's safer, and, and you, you think that it's greener, it's greener pasture. Uh, in this Trump era, 
you recognize that that really probably is not the case because on the other hand, now you're faced with this reality of a new kind of crazy that you're not really that familiar with. See that first kind of situation I described that first kind of crazy. I'm real familiar with that one, but this new kind of crazy where, you know, you can be jogging down the street, minding your own business and two individuals can pull up and say, I'm going to make a citizen's arrest and murder you. I mean, why the hell do they do that? A citizen's arrest, like try that crap in the, in the, in, in the hood in Inglewood or Roseland. I dare you <laughs> in South shore. Try that. But anyway, I, I digress. Or, or you, you're driving your vehicle and you get stopped by, you know, uh, uh, a cop law enforcement and they're supposed to be here to, 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 to help you. And I've been stopped by police numerous times. I've talked about it on the urban business roundtable in the past, you know, and my various vehicles and things of that nature and never really given any thought when I was stopped that it was, could be a life and death encounter. But literally now in this day and age, being stopped by law enforcement is a life and death encounter. Literally life or death encounter. And what's scary is that you could be doing the right things. Your movements can be slow. You can have both hands in the steering wheel. You can say, yes, sir. No, sir. You can answer the questions without any abrasiveness, without any aggression and still be killed in this day and age. And that is a very, very scary proposition. It's a scary proposition for me. It's a scary proposition for having a young son who's going to have to grow up one day in this world. And I don't really have an easy answer. Couple of thoughts, though. I will tell you one: African Americans, uh, we will we will need to do a better job at growing our communities, protecting our communities, taking pride in our communities, because that may that that may be uh, our our saving grace, our our safe haven, so to speak, within our own communities. The business uh, community will, will will be a will play a big role in that. You know, we'll play a big role in, in helping it happen. And that's why I'm big on small businesses, why I'm big on entrepreneurship, that we can bring these thriving businesses in our communities. We can create an economic base. We can hire or employ people in our neighborhoods. We can help change the financial landscape in the, in the neighborhoods we live in. I mean, that can be a start. I think, too, to, to get this situation straight, we're going to need some affluent, thought-provoking uh, white people to join us on the front lines to help combat this thing because racism wasn't created by African-Americans. You know, we, we weren't the ones who did this. So we need your support. We're correcting this. And it's going to take some, some, you know, conscientious um, white people to be on the front lines with, with African-Americans on this one. And in the short term, you know, and this is, this is really hard to, to, to say because you never really want to invoke any kind of violence, but it may also take us kind of fighting back. You know, and, and, and not standing for it. I, I'm, I'm along the lines now where I'm like, look, if, if I'm stopped by law enforcement and I'm cooperating and you see it going sideways, I don't want you filming me dying. I don't want you filming me dying. I, I, I want you to help me. If I was walking down the street with my boy and somebody jumped my boy, I'm not going to sit aside and let them jump my boy. And so I'm almost to the point now that if we see somebody, uh, being stopped by police and the, the, you know, I'm not talking about the, the jerk who's, uh, you know, resisting and, and being a nuisance. Let the law enforcement do their job. But if we see something that's just blatantly wrong, like a cop stepping on somebody's neck and the guy saying, I can't breathe. And everyone's saying, Hey, he can't breathe. And he's, he's like saying that for four or five, he's doing that for four or five minutes. I, I just think that as a community, we, we can't allow that to happen. I mean, from a sure numbers perspective, it's more of us than them. And I just I just feel like in the short term, we may have to take that type of mentality. Now, I'm not encouraging anybody to do anything stupid, 
but I am asking us to have a sense of compassion, a sense of unity, a sense of togetherness in our community that we got to say, you know, uh, enough is enough. Like literally, like seriously, enough is enough. And I'm always perplexed, though, about just simple things like, you know, we always say, hey, you know what? It's always good cops. You know, every cop's not bad. Well, where are the good cops when this crap is happening? Right. Like, where is that good cop that we're talking about when, you know, somebody's being choked out? We never see that individual. And why is it always two white cops, three, four white cops, police in black neighborhoods? Why isn't it a black cop and a white cop or a white cop and a Latino or a white cop and an Asian or maybe even a white cop and a woman? Where's the good cop who can yell out, hey, don't do that. Like, hey, hey, Tommy, you're going too far. Don't do that. No, they're quiet, and which makes them complicit in my mind, and it and it, and it pisses me off. It angers me. It angers me to to, to no degree. Where about? I'm just asking this question. I'm thinking out loud for a second. Where's our law enforcement? Our African American law enforcement? Where's your outrage? Where's our unity in that regard? I, I've talked to some law enforcement individuals who are African American, and they they express to me this fear that they'll be there'll be retribution among their ranks. That when you put that uniform on, it's not black or white; it's all blue. Uh, they express to me concerns that they could be in a gunfight, and and if they stood up and spoke out, that someone may not call in for backup to help them in in a time of need. And that's fine and dandy, but if you see them committing these atrocities to your own people, what makes you think that they're legitimately going to have your back a hundred percent uniform or not? And so I, I'm just, you know, I'm like it, like most Americans just outraged, you know, by this, you know, about kind of what, what, what I see and what's going on. It's scary. It creates a level of anxiety and, and, and tension that literally every time I get in my vehicle, every time I drive, I leave out my house and I'm stopped by a cop. It could literally be a life and death encounter. No matter what I do, even if I do all the right things, it literally can be a life and death encounter. So I encourage you guys, stay prayed up, stay vigilant. Let's try to be part of the solution. Support small businesses, grow our businesses, grow our economic base. Let that, let, that's, that's our lane. That's one of our lanes is getting this thing started the right way. We're going to take a break. We'll come back at 9.35. We have Dr. Tracy Timberlake. We're going to talk about anxiety and entrepreneurship. Coming up right after the break, Mr. Eric Williams, founding and creative director of The Silver Room. We'll be right back. We illuminate the whole show. You feel me? Welcome back to the Urban Business Roundtable. I'm your host, Curtis R. Monday. Coming up uh, shortly, Dr. Tracy Timberlake, uh, multi-award winning business coach, will be here to talk to us about entrepreneurship and anxiety. I want to welcome to the, the show our next guest. He's the founder and creative director of The Silver Room, an innovative retail, arts, and community event space opened in 1997. The Silver Room interacts um, the world of fashion, music, and visual art and operates as a boutique, gallery, and community arts center. Uh, our guest uh, founded The Silver Room Block Club Party in 2004, and in his 16th year, it attracts over 40,000 people. He co-founded Grown Folk Stories, which is a monthly storytelling series, uh, also, the Harper Court Summer Music Series and Connect Gallery and Arts Festival uh, goes on and on and on. And so I want to say good morning to my guest, Mr. Eric Williams. Good morning to you, Eric. How you doing, sir? I'm okay, man. How are you doing? I can't complain. I sincerely hope that as we have this conversation, both you and family are, are healthy and safe. Yes, yes, we are, man. It's the same to you. Absolutely. Man, you know, look, 
they can throw twenty twenty away, Eric. <laughs> just, <laughs> just just throw the whole yeah. <laughs> just throw the whole year away, man. It started with my man Kobe Bean, and I've been hurt by Kobe and not COVID. But one of my things that I had on my bucket list, I'm ashamed to say this. It's all this is almost as bad as being from Chicago and saying you can't step. I've yeah. never I've never gone to the block club party. Oh wow! Okay, I'm glad to hear that, man. <laughs> and I had every design on going this year. This is gonna be my year, man. This is this was my year to go. And now COVID, you know, has put a monkey wrench in that. Maybe, 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 maybe. I want you to talk to us. How have you been adapting your business model in respect to this pandemic? What's been going on with you? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 funny you just said that because I was thinking about this morning. I was you know I was watching TV. Obviously, what happened last night this this past weekend like you said man it started with Kobe Kobe and just kind of going downhill from there man so you know I mean being in business for 22 years even before that I was self-employed I'm I'm 50 now I've been self-employed since I was 21 22 years old wow so you know you you have to be um resilient and have to adapt to the, the changing times and sometimes things happen you have no control over they're unforeseen and this this time is one of the ones that we've never expected and never seen in our lives. So I think the mentality of saying, man, I got to get through this somehow. I'm strong. You know, our people are strong. We'll figure this out. I think having the mentality off the jump is the way you figure it out. And then from there, just kind of make plans and go with the flow as much as you can. So, you know, it's been three months. I mean, no one was planning on closing for three months. I mean, there's no business that's like, that makes sense to not make any money for three months, but you have to kind of figure it out. So we've, We've done some things. I mean, I'm trying to take advantage of this time right now by doing a remodel, something I was going to add planned for last year, and then I was going to do it this year. So I'm like, let me make this time be useful yeah. uh, for me and and have a whole new look at the store once we reopen. So that's been most of my time right now. Isn't that amazing? As entrepreneurs, you know, we got hit with this monkey wrench. It really has forced you to, to – to go back and some things you had on the shelf, some things you've been wanting to get to, but you just couldn't get to them on the normal times. You pull those things off the shelf. And, and I, I said, Eric, I feel like I'm busier now <laughs> than, exactly. I was, than I was when things were quote unquote normal, man. Exactly. Um, exactly. You said earlier that you pretty much have always been in the, been an entrepreneur, no experience in corporate America. You just, from the day one, you've always been in the entrepreneurial space. Well, my father actually owns a place called Manny's Blue Room. This is, I don't know if you know about Manny's, Al Robbins. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. my father. So I actually named the Silver Room from the from the Blue Room. Okay. So I actually grew up in a bar, man. So, you know, Herb Kent was his DJ back in the 80s. So I've always been around music and family members have been in, in music. So that part is in my grandmother owned a hair salon in her house. You know, just that, you know, the old school black lady, you know, with the house and you know, the, the hair salon in the kitchen. You know what I mean? So being an entrepreneur for me wasn't really that big of a deal. I actually studied finance. Okay. And I was a stockbroker for a short time, about a year. I didn't make it a year. I just, I didn't like it. So my history was, um, I went to UIC and I was a finance major at UIC. This is back in the, you know, late 80s, early 90s. Down the street was Maxwell Street. So I kind of fell in love with the hustle of Maxwell Street. So I started selling T-shirts, started buying things from there, selling them to students, kind of going around Chicago selling stuff, you know, trains and my still on Wabash. I mean, the whole, you know, <laughs> man, the whole old school Chicago, right? That's that's kind of how I got into the hustle. Okay. And once I stopped finance, I was selling stuff on the streets for, I did it for 10 years. And then eventually I went in my own, my own physical space. So that's kind of the hustle that I had was, was really came from the street peddling thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that experience, 
help create the foundation for it. What what else you did later? It's always amazing how I talk to any entrepreneur that you know you have an early experience that that's it's the foundational piece to your your future success. There's somebody listening to us right now, Eric, having this conversation who is on the on the cusp of taking this entrepreneurial step and mm-hmm. is scared, may not know how to do it. What's the single best piece of advice you can give someone who's thinking about, you know, using some talent or some love they have for something and trying to turn it into a business? What's your what's your best advice you can give them? I mean, you know, it's been done before. You know, I said and we as a people, we're we're super creative. You know, so we can always figure something out. So I understand the, the fear and hesitation, but just kind of let that go. You know, you know, it was it was, it was a movie called it was this movie called um, a Hollywood Shuffle. If you remember that movie, Hollywood Shuffle with Robert, Robert Townsend. Townsend. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. And so when he's trying to be an actor, his 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 grandma was like, "There's always work at the post office." You know what I mean? And so and so for me, <laughs> I'm like, you know, if things didn't work out, let's say with this hustle, I could figure out how to make some money, man. And I always told myself, I don't even need a whole bunch of money. So yeah. I never let that be the concern. I'm like, you know what? If, if if my hustle didn't work, the store didn't work out, I'll figure something out. You know what I mean? So just don't be don't don't be fearful. Have a really good plan. Try and seek out people who are successful. You know, either a mentor. I mean, now when I started, there there was no online. You know, now you can go online, look at YouTube, look at you know um, a master class, and people who are doing things in a in a way that makes sense. I mean, there is a uh, there's a roadmap for success be it retail, be it on the radio, there's people who are doing things in a really great way. Kind of take what they're doing in some ways, just the essence of what they're doing, and put your own spin on it. You know, so that's kind of how I've always approached Like, you know what, there's a million retail stores, but I'm going to make mine unique. Yeah. So, yes, there's, there's fundamentals of running a retail store, but how can I use my personality to make mine stand out? So that's kind of how I've always thought. Even with the block party, you know I mean? There's a ton of festivals, but I want mine to, to reflect my community and myself. And I think that's why the black party is very unique because people can kind of feel and sense that. You know? and, and that's, that's, that's a great segue because I'm, I'm curious, you know, I, I get, I, I can see now the, the, the history and respect to the retail component and how that developed, but how did that transition into creating the block club party? Well, I mean, honestly, man, I, I was on the North side for the first 17 years and I was part of the chamber of commerce uh, in, in Wicker Park. And we would you know, host these festivals, you know, and I, I, I'm from a music background. I DJ, you know, and every year they never had any black performers. And after two or three years of me asking them, hey, why aren't there no black performers? I'm like, why am I asking them? Which asking at some point becomes begging. Yeah. I'm like, you know, what? I'll just start my own thing, man. I know these people. And so the first year it was called up some friends, you know, Ron Trent, uh, Pevin Everett. Eric Robeson, Arrow had a song called Change for Me. It just come out. Remember the song Change, Change for right. Me? So uh, he was a custom actually. Yeah. And, you know, he, he he's from the East Coast, but he was in town. He goes, man, no problem. I got you. I got you. And it was just calling some friends, man. And then people came by, and it was a great time. I'm like, you know, let me just keep doing this. But for for me, it's about the power of of yourself. And I think sometimes we look for others to either validate support. When I'm like, all the answers actually is in our own community. So the block party really was a symbolism, like, man, we can do a big festival like anybody else can do it. I ain't yeah. got to go to them. So that's why I really started it. Yeah. yeah, Dope concept, though. You know, dope concept. As an entrepreneur, as an African-American, I used to get pissed that my neighborhood didn't look like what I saw in Lincoln Park. And But we can make it that way, though. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and that's and that's why I love what, what you're doing. Like, you know, I, I, again, never had never had a chance to go. But everybody that I know, Everybody that I touch <laughs> always speaks 
always speaks highly of the event. It's one of those things where, you know, we, we got two that I can think of for African-Americans, really. We got the old school house party, right? Chosen, Chosen few, few. Yep, yep. Chosen few. And then we got the silver room, you know, everyone. Yeah. And, and each has its own little, little vibe. So, obviously, with COVID-19 and everything, I, I, is the what's the, prog- the prognosis for this year's event? Are you still waiting to see, or is it, you know, we put it on the shelf to next year? Yeah, man, things are off for this year. I mean, pretty much, I mean, everything is off, not just our event, but everything is pretty much off for the summer way it's looking. Um, so, you know, even with that, of course, it's disappointing. It's been 16 years of us doing this, you know, and again, I don't know if people realize this is not something you kind of put together in a couple of months. You know, we started working on this pretty much right after the last one ends. Yeah, so, you wow. know, trying to fundraise, you know, and trying to, you know, think about the partnerships and, you know, and performers and people emailing you to van. I mean, it's just a lot of work, man. So we were already deep into it. But then, you know, once we realized the thing wasn't going to go away anytime soon, we had to just kind of put the brakes on it. So uh gives us time to regroup, really plan it out for next year. And, you know, just like you said, man, this year was an interesting year, man. It ain't, it ain't even halfway over with. It ain't even halfway but, over here, brother. <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, things will get better, man. Things will get better, and we will just come back, you know, Re- for next year. Real quick, tell us what's going on. Any, anything new you're working on? Anything that we can we can do to support something you're working on? What's what's sure. on the, what's on the, on the take for you? Sure. Well, right now, you know, like everybody else, is kind of following the guidelines of when we can reopen. Uh, but as, as I said before, we're doing a remodel right now, so the store is going to look completely different. I, I'm really excited about that. Uh, stay in touch with us through social media, the Silver Room, um, you know, Instagram, Facebook. You can buy online right now, so we have a lot of our products online. So feel free to go and shop. That's great. You know, we yeah. So I, I would say that's the one thing I would support we can use right now is actually buying from us online, and and follow us on social media, and we'll be open up. You know, hopefully in the next three weeks or so. And um, yeah, man, I'm just 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 trying to provide some some comfort and some and some good vibes. Like I say, it's been a tough year. I think you know having a physical space is something that's really important. Having a celebration that we're not going to have is important. So hopefully, everybody just kind of stay safe and get yourself in the right mindset, and you know, and just get through the rest of this year, man. We're gonna be all right. We're gonna be all right. Absolutely. And where can people find you, Eric? Man, the silverroom.com, Instagram, the silver room, Facebook, the silver room. Uh, we're, we're all over the place. We always putting out good messages. I mean, we have a very strong social media presence. Um, yeah, just, just, just to set us up. Now, I'm a, t- a couple of things. One of the things I love most about the Urban Business Roundtable is that it puts me in contact with so many great, phenomenal individuals. And I tell everybody who comes on UBR that this is not a one-and-done deal. I like to try to put like minds together to try to figure out where we can uh, identify our synergies and work together. So I'm going to definitely put you, put you on hold and make sure that the uh, engineer gives you my cell phone number. For sure. Unless oh, unless man, you will not connect and stay in tune. Man, God bless you, brother. Stay, you too, stay positive, and I'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Thanks. Thanks a lot. All right, all right. Mr. Eric Williams, man, phenomenal, man. Look, Eric, we're going to do some business, man. Next year, I'm coming to the Silver Room Block Club party. I'm going to host something. I'm going to get on stage and do something with you. I'm going to do my very best to make it a success, man. So I'm looking forward to it. Real quick, Mighty Titus, let's take a quick break. Come back on the other side. Got Dr. Tracy Timberlake. We'll be right back. Where you are, welcome to sell. But when the shells come, you better return them. Welcome back to the Urban Business Roundtable. I'm your host, Curtis R. Monday. Call me live in the studio at 773-591-1690, 773-591-1690. You know, you know how you think something and then, you know, your people, you know, you may think that, you know, you're going cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs because you have this thought. 
but then you meet somebody or come across somebody that confirms, you know, what it is that you've always felt. And I've always felt that as much as I love entrepreneurship, as much as I thought, uh, felt that entrepreneurship uh, is, is, is a great path in respect to, to what you're going to do professionally, it is mentally taxing. It is mentally stressful. It creates a lot of anxiety. And I always felt it needs to be some kind of outlet for entrepreneurs to help us with our mental health. And I'm glad that this next guest is going to shed some light on that. Our next guest uh, is a multi-award winning business coach, a million dollar course creator, a TEDx speaker, and online influencer. She has over, uh, she's reached over 3 million people with her YouTube videos. More than 12,000 people have heard her speak and have taken her online training programs. And it's no wonder her clients appropriately call her the entrepreneurial whisperer. I'm sorry, the entrepreneur whisperer. I want to say good morning to Dr. Tracy Timberlake. Good morning to you, Dr. Timberlake. How you doing? Good morning, Curtis. How are you? I feel better. Now I'm confirmed. I know my craziness and other things <laughs> that I was thinking is well-founded. And God, God sent is. you to me just to confirm that, boy, you're not crazy. You own the something. You are not crazy indeed. Tracy, God, you know... It, entrepreneurship is stressful it's stressful it is it It can absolutely be stressful especially and and what's so interesting about it is that you get stressed out and then you think you're crazy for being stressed out so it causes more stress so it just ends up being this never-ending cycle of stress and anxiety that you're kind of in if you don't know how to get out of it help us understand the, the the why behind it give us the, the the reasons i know you have you know you got a couple of reasons five reasons i believe yes why entrepreneurs struggle so much with our mental health Let, let's talk about it okay so the five main reasons that i've found in my research and in my experience and in just you know talking to a lot of my own clients is that first of all the thing that makes you a good entrepreneur are, are also the things that will lend itself to anxiety and stress and panic attacks Um, meaning that if you are really creative and a lot of entrepreneurs are, you kind of have to be like, if you're an entrepreneur, you want to be innovative, you want to be creative, but being a creative person in a world where it's not normal also lends itself to you just feeling like it's a lot, it's too much. Right. So that's the first thing. The things that actually make you good at what you do as an entrepreneur will also cause you to have anxiety. The second one is a lot of the times we as entrepreneurs put so much work into what we do that we ground our identity in it. And so when we fail, we ground our identity in the failure. We think that if something's not working, it must be us. We're the problem. Um, But we also ground ourselves in the success too. We find so much identity in what it is we do and not who it is we are that that can cause stress when things aren't going so well. And that's why entrepreneurship can very often be a roller coaster. You're up, you're down, it's feast, it's famine. And that cycle of up and down, I mean, if you think about it, one day you feel great about yourself. The yep. next day you feel like you just failed nothing. the whole world. Right. Right? So that, up, I mean, that takes a mental toll on just you as a person in general. So that's the second thing. A third reason is that there's so much unknown. Yeah. Right. We don't live a day to day life that is the same. Our, what my Monday looks like can be different than my Tuesday and then different than my Wednesday. Whereas people who have a traditional job and work in traditional job settings, their days are usually outlaid. They're planned. The money that they're making is is fixed. Entrepreneurship does not look like that. <laughs> There's so much unknown in, in your everyday life and you don't feel like you have any security in anything that's stressful. That yeah. can cause a lot of panic, right? Yeah. Um, and then, of course, just being isolated. You feel like you're the only one. 
Oh, wow. You're all out there by your lonesome. I'm by myself. No one understands what I'm going through. No one gets me, right? And when you live in a silo, you live on an island. I mean, we're not created that way. So when you feel that on a very regular basis, that's going to cause a lot of panic and stress. And then lastly is that we just don't talk about it enough, right? And you said yourself, like, you had a suspicion. You weren't quite sure. You thought, but we don't have the conversation enough to say this is actually a normal process of entrepreneurship. There's help, there's support. Um, There are other people who are experiencing what you're experiencing. You are not by yourself. See, I I want you to get that out because at at each one you gave, I could have jumped in and had some dialogue. So I want to make sure you got them out first and I want to come back and write notes. So the, the one you said, the first you said about that the thing you're good at is often the, the thing also that, that, that hurts you or smacks you dead in, in, in the head sometimes. And that could yes. be being creative and innovative. And I can tell you mm-hmm. that with entrepreneurship, I can't turn off the creative and innovative gene. I, I can't turn it off. No. I come with right. one idea and then I get another idea and then I get another yeah. idea and I get another idea. And then I can't rest until I can actually get it out. Like I got to get it out. And if I don't get it out, it creates this sense of anxiety or, or failure about mm-hmm. me not getting it out. And, um, and it's, it's, it's a, it's a frustrating, tiresome endeavor. Like, damn, can I just turn it off? I need to turn this off. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you can't because you're just, you're not wired that way. I mean, you're wired as a creative person. So that creativity breeds more. Like it's not an isolated incident. As a creative person, you don't just have one idea. When sure. one idea comes, like, just like you said, there's another right behind it. And then another right after that. And then you feel like you're going nuts because there's just, there's so many things that need to happen. You don't have time. You don't feel like you have the support and it just becomes a lot, a lot to handle with uh, one, only one person. Absolutely. And then you're looking at what your peers are doing, right? Like mm-hmm. e- even, even with, as a host of a show, I, I look and study to see what my guests are doing. And I looked at your stuff and I was like, I got to get my sh- together. Like, see. <laughs> She, she killing the, what am I doing? I need to come on, you know, create. I need to get my, my, my online content together, my, you know, my webinar together. Like this, like, I mean, and, and, and that's, that's the real thing that entrepreneurs do. That this second one you said, ground our identity and what we do. I opened mm-hmm. up a, a second, I'm an insurance agent. One of my businesses I do, I'm an insurance agent. And I opened up mm-hmm. a second office and I absolutely hated the second office. I hated mm-hmm. the location. I hated it, but I would not quit because I felt like, um, I would be associated with failure and it made right. me feel as if I were a failure. I, never mind the fact that what it took to get me in that position, they even have a second office and, 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 and all the, the, the steps that, you know, that were contrary to me mm-hmm. thinking that, but all right. I kept thinking was I'm a, I'm a failure and what people are going to say about me and what people are going to think. Right. And Oh my God, Curtis, our Monday failed at something. And, and mm-hmm. it, 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 you know, my whole life, I mean, talk everything up. Nothing else mattered at that point. It was, hey, you know, hey, I'm, I failed at this thing, and I just couldn't shake it, Tracy. Right, and I think a lot of people in entrepreneurship feel that way. It's like, I have to ride this thing because I told people I was doing it, and I have to commit to doing it now. Whereas if you take a look at a traditional job situation, people change jobs all the time. You just get yeah. a new job. Yeah. And no one feels any way about it. You just, oh, I didn't like that one. I got this one. Oh, they weren't paying me enough, so I went over here. I wanted to move to a city, so, so I got a new job. And it's not a big deal. It's not a, you didn't fail at one job to get another job. You just decided to make a switch. Entrepreneurship doesn't look like that. It it's, it, it's, they don't, it's not as linear as just going from one to the next. Entrepreneurship, it always needs to be a building, right? So you need to build on what you did before. And if 
something doesn't work out, then it looks like everything crumbles to the ground. But that's not true. And we know that's not true. But yeah. that's the perception that often we, we operate with. Because we put we put everything into it, right? We we, mm-hmm. we put it all on the line. Sometimes that can be yes. the, despite what what your, your, the naysayers may say, despite the advice your loved ones may give you. It may be at the expense of a relationship. Or you quitting a job. Yep. You put it. You put it all on the line. And so you, much you sacrifice everything. Right, and then it don't work. You like, damn. Here you go. Here what you was go. It for? But right. God, what was it all for? Like waste. But rest in heaven to my mom. God bless her. Uh, she mm-hmm. hit me. She hit me with the um. Uh, paid in full line when I got ready, when I was struggling with, when I was struggling with the office and closing the second office. My mother told mm-hmm. me, "Pull your pants down, B. People start and start businesses all the time." Right? I mean, that's the, and that is the truth. I mean, women only. I mean, I do a lot of studies with women, but women just women. Nine hundred women-owned businesses are started every day. Wow. Wow. 900, right? So, yes, she was right. Your mom, she was a genius because businesses are started and stopped every single day. It just, like one thing does not define us. Dr. And we, need to, we need to remember that. Oh, man, she told me, pull your pants down, B. <laughs> pull your pants down, B. Everybody, everybody makes a mistake. True. This, this next one, though, again, isolated. Mm. Entrepreneurship is totally a lonely proposition. Like, I know it looks glamorous when you see that you, you sign up. Right. And, oh, he's a business owner, yada, yada. You don't really know how it's a lot of long nights. It's a lot of early yeah. morning. It's a lot of self-reflection. It's a lot of, and, and it, and it kind of goes in that last one about we don't talk about it enough because we all, mm-hmm. because we're so isolated, we don't really feel like no one can even understand us, right? Like, no exactly. one understands exactly what it is I'm actually carrying. So, uh, what, what's right. the sense of talking about it? I don't have anybody to talk to, you know? So, Wow. It's true. And it's true because even in like, and that goes with failure or success, right? Like if you, if you fail at something, you feel like no one's going to understand you. If you become too successful at something, no one in your immediate circle is going to understand you. So it's, it's both. And like you, it's almost like you cannot win either way because regardless of what you're experiencing wins or failures, they're still isolated in terms of what, what your normal demographic looks like around you. Dr. Timberlake, I, I know you're a business coach and there are entrepreneurs who are listening, individuals who are thinking about entrepreneurship. If you had to give someone one, one piece of advice, one piece of advice, what would that advice be? I would say start before you're ready. Hmm, okay. Because living in your head about it, it gets nothing out. Like you got to start before you're ready and then know that you'll build along the way. People have a concept that it needs to be perfect before it gets released. And I say, just release it and then perfect it as you go. Cause it's not going to be perfect in your head. Great, great advice. Great advice. It's, it's never, it, it will never be perfect. It's always going to be moving. Right. Exactly. Dr. That's the goal. I hope so. <laughs> Dr. Timberlake, where can individuals find you? If they want to support your work and support your business. Where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on all social media. I'm just Tracy Timberlake everywhere. Instagram is probably where you'll find more of me. So Instagram or YouTube, Tracy Timberlake. Absolutely. And again, Dr. Tim, like I tell all my guests on the Urban Business Roundtable, this is not a one and done. I like to create false or long-standing relationships to figure out how we can support each other and and do the good work that we're doing out here. I'm going to put you on hold and make sure that uh, the engineer gives you my info and let's connect and let's stay doing what we're doing. Uh, I'm wishing you and your family safety and health and God bless, okay? You too. Thank you. All right. Dr. Tracy Timberlake, phenomenal work. Oh, my God. She's, she's really, really impressive. And we could probably do a whole show just with her talking about anxiety and 
uh, entrepreneurship and, and just business coaching in and of itself. So uh, phenomenal work and what she's doing. Great show today. As always here on, on the Urban Business Roundtable, uh, the team does a great job with Sonia Levine, the producer, Mighty Titus on the ones and twos. Uh, looking forward to trying to get some level of normalcy back here on Urban Business Roundtable as we, you know, try to get through this COVID-19 thing. We've all been practicing social distancing uh, for like the last ah, several weeks. I've been uh, broadcasting remotely and haven't been in the studio. So some of the things that we're used to in respect to the videography work and things of that nature haven't been done and the interaction and the energy you get with in-studio guests is kind of missed. Um, the flip side, though, I get a chance to see Chance the Baby. He walks around all the time while I'm doing the show and have to coach him to, to, to not yell as much while Daddy's on the microphone. And so, um, you know, that's always a great thing. So keep it locked here on WVON. Uh, I'll take a quick break and come back around 11 o'clock with the great EJ Williams on She Flips, He Flips. We're going to talk about partnerships in real estate, uh, different partnerships, what they look like pros and cons with them, great characteristics of a good partnership. So keep it locked here on She Flips, He Flips from 11 a.m. to noon. You can call me at 708-647-1005. That's 708-647-1005 to schedule your free insurance and financial reassessment. I want to work with you. I want to help you build your financial portfolio. Let's continue to support each other. We have to build our communities back. The business community is going to play an instrumental role in that whole process I'm looking to be uh, a, a pillar uh, in that in that foundational piece to help with that. I got to go. I don't do this for my first name. I do this for my last name. Chance Jordan, Daddy loves you. You say whatever you want to about me, but I always know I did it my way. God bless. Bye-bye.